How many stars out of five? Oh, we don't do that. Give stars. How many? Uh, how many of fourteen? Oh. You I don't give it out of fourteen stars. How many <laughs> sure. Would you give it? I'd give it nine. Nine out of fourteen. That's a good wow. rating. Rating. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's talk about The Walking Dead. Nerdappropriate.com. The Ocho. Uh, Ocho y Ocho. <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> Muy bien. Uh, how you guys? How you guys doing? This is it's a Monday night. It's not our usual recording time. We uh, we could not do the weekend. Somebody was out of town, which is okay with us. We spent it with no pants on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't put pants on this weekend. We played yeah. some games together while Hillary was at a wedding. We did. Oh. We, were, I had we fun. visited Mass Effect. Yeah, we went back and played some ME three MP. And it's weird without Hillary, we all had a pretty even number of kills. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys play uh, platinum? No, we did not. No, we didn't. We What's barely... the level below bronze? We like to play, play for fun. Lead. <laughs> we played lead matches. I think it was D bag. D bag level. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whatever. What did we do to you? Jeez. <laughs> I thought I'm I was cranky. so nice to you last week. What happened? I know you were. I'm just cranky because I'm getting sick. Oh. Yeah, this are flu also, epidemic. Are you also cranky due to mixing colors? I did mix some colors this weekend, and Uh-oh. it was bad, bad, bad times. <laughs> times of that. I told Sorry. you. I know. I didn't take your advice. Stick At least clear. I owned up to it. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. You're, you're Niners one, so at the end of the day. Woohoo! San Francisco rocks. Whatever. Kaepernick's a dude. Not enthusiastic at all. Let's do the rundown. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> today on the podcast, we're going to talk about news from CES, which includes the Steam Box, NVIDIA's Projects Shield, Razor, Razor Edge, and the Microsoft Illuma Room. Did I get that right? That all sounded like one big word. <laughs> the Illuma Room. That's a new dance that I'm learning. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Anarchy Reigns, and then we're going to have a little roundtable discussion about The Walking Dead since we have all finished it. Yay. Um, and then Yay. in our Naquato, uh the question is, what woefully overlooked franchise character or genre do you think we need to see more of in the future? Um. That's pretty cool too, and so we're—I guess—in a way, we're with the Walking Dead. We're sort of bringing back the open thread, which is exciting. Yay! And Yay. for those that haven't listened in the past year, because we haven't done an open thread in a year, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Open thread is yeah. kind of an extended discussion, so um, we're kind of going a little bit lighter on reviews this week because stuff was a little bit, you know, not not too much, not too many new things came out. So we're going to go ahead and and uh, extend our Walking Dead talk. So hopefully, you guys like that. Yeah, it's going to be spoilerific. P.S. If you've not played the Walking Dead. Um, when we we'll get to that you. segment, there will yeah. be spoilers. We yeah. we will warn you because I think it's the entire thing will be a spoiler essentially. Yeah, yeah. like our mm-hmm. review happened like a few weeks ago, so this is this is our let's talk about what we did in the game. Yeah, for sure. So Matt, what have you been up to? How was your weekend? <laughs> uh, yeah, my weekend was good. It was pretty pretty relaxed. I didn't do I didn't go anywhere. I just stayed home, watched football. We like to watch the football. With you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Matt it's playoff season. 
So, and the Niners won. The Niners won. I'm fine with the Niners as a team. I, I can't stand Colin Kaepernick. He's he's it's the a, soul patch, right? It's that little chin. Uh, he just seems like chin, a douchebag. Chin dude. <laughs> he's like that guy I hated in high school, but yeah, he's like a famous <laughs> quarterback now or something. I just I can't, can't stand him. Oh, that's okay. So but, I would just like to say in the first few minutes of this podcast, I, how many times have we used the word douchebag or d bag? Many Already. times. A couple many. of times. Already. Okay. We're going to fit it in as much as we can, probably. It's played out. All right, cool. That's she said. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> and then I, wow. played, uh, I played a bunch of Walking Dead because I had to finish it. I was the one that was woefully behind the three of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did throw my controller a couple times, but we'll get into that in the review. So uh, All right. that was about it. It was pretty, pretty, pretty light week for me. Um, how about you, Ash? What have you been doing? Uh, I, I had a good weekend, I hung out, uh, did some stuff around the house. We actually rearranged one of the rooms in my house a lot. So that was kind of fun. Uh, not fun was re- rewiring all of my tech in the living room, which oh. took like many, many hours, did all of the speakers over and moved everything around. So that was kind of a pain in the ass. Um, in terms of game playing, I played some mass effect with you guys, which was a lot of fun. And um, I did some more uh, far, far thri, far thri three, <laughs> far thri three, <laughs> far thri three, uh, far. Oh my god, far cry three. Thank you very much. Will wow. you just say the whole the rest of it for me? Yes, you played Far Cry three and you liked it a lot. Yes, multiplayer co op is what I played. So I, I did that and that was a lot of fun. Um, played a little bit more Rad Soldiers actually on the the old iPad. Nice. Um, which is, I'm really enjoying that. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of scratching that strategy itch that I constantly have. So if you like turn-based strategy, Rat Soldiers, it's really good. Um, what else? Watched uh, Iron Sky, which is a movie about space Nazis. <laughs> uh, How was it? I think what? I saw that in the store. It's on somewhere. Netflix right now. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It, I mean, it just came out last year. So if you're looking for a a, a film about s- space Nazis, then there you go. Who the is the premise? Is, right? The premise is awesome. It's uh, the, the, at the end of the World War II, 1945. The Nazis realize they're losing, and so they they launch um, an expedition up into space, and they hide on the dark side of the moon until it's safe. And then they build all this like super high tech stuff until it's safe for what? For them, I know. To, for them to invade Earth, and it just so happens that now is the time to invade Earth. So they Obviously. have all this crazy like <laughs> super Nazi technology. It opens with like it opens with yeah. men walking on the moon doing like you know the spacewalk, and then Nazis show up on the moon while they're doing the spacewalk and shoot them with like <laughs> STG forty fours and stuff. Wow, <laughs> wow, it is amazing. So definitely watch Iron Sky; it's amazing. Um, and other than that, just you know hanging out, having a good time. It's been a good week. That reminded me, I watched Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. That's on Netflix that, as well. That is about all I have to you. Oh, uh, really? Go yeah. Ahead. I mean, it was fun. It was like a Mission Impossible movie. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Hmm. So, That's Scott, it. how about you? Um, I don't know. I, I've been, I, can, I guess I'm in the routine right now. I, work has been really awfully busy, unfortunately. So um, when I do have time to game, I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed 3. And just like Woo-hoo. last week, I'm still collecting feathers and trinkets and <laughs> treasure chests. Killing me with that. Dude, I, I can't help it. That's just, it's my jam what i like to do but it's actually making me like the game better and like i said the only thing i really hate is climbing a tree to get like a synchron synchronization point like those trees like well the big ones are horrible yeah there's something weird they're really hard there's something weird about climbing them it's like it's it's weird and buggy but 
uh, like I said, you know, like I appreciate all the new stuff in the game, so that's exciting. And then um, today at work, I showed somebody FTL, and he's totally hooked. <laughs> so I feel uh-huh. good about that. <laughs> the Dave? No, it was it was Joe for you guys. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're you like know an it. FTL evangelizer. Oh, oh yeah. it's it's, oh, it's I mean, so cause good because it's it's that it's just that good. Oh, and I watched really um I watched two episodes of Girls because my wife likes that show. You see, or the old season? Yeah, the original, the first season. Nice. Um, was it I, shocking? Uh, I'm not a girl, so I don't. I don't know. I don't really relate. But it I really find is it is kind of aimed at a certain. <laughs> I find it interesting. I guess it's. Yeah. It is a TV show yeah, that is. It's well written. It's well acted. Yes. It is super well written. It's super. That is well factually acted. correct. Right. She just, uh, just Lena Dunham won a Golden Globe last night. I Did heard she win? That. Yeah, for yeah. Girls. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the Golden Globes because I was at a wedding. I didn't watch them either, but. I was not at your wedding, so yeah. It Mm. seemed like the wedding consumed your entire weekend. Is that is that true? Yeah. So I drove down to LA um, Saturday and then spent the night at a friend's house, and then Saturday or Sunday was all about the wedding. So um, it was actually really fun. It was in set in the center of arts, and it was pretty much dressed up like a library, and it had like a lot of vintage decorations, and it was a pretty small crowd, about fifty people. It was really fun. I mean, it was good to see you know people that I've I've known for a while, and um, I met some new friends, which is really cool. I was at cool. a really awesome table of folks, awesome. so I got to meet Chloe Dykstra and this um, this chick named Drea, who's like a doctor of psychology and a cosplayer. So we had some really cool discussions about geek girls and cosplay, and it was really really fun. Awesome. So overall, awesome. great wedding. Sounds really like you time. stayed out of trouble this weekend. Almost, I got. I got pulled over for speeding (laughs) (laughs) on my way home. Um, It's really tough. You know, it's like a six hour drive. um, And I left LA about six o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night and um, had to drive back up uh, the five. So yeah, I was speeding a little bit, but the the officer was nice enough to let me out of the ticket. So (laughs) I thought you were about to launch into like a Californians and tell us how you got home. From the... <laughs> and then I was on the four or five. I, I took the one thirty four to the five to the one fifty two to the eighty five. Yeah, that's actually how it went. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that didn't understand what the hell they were saying, and I just kind of like always just nodded, like, "Oh yeah, I totally know those roads." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's like that yeah. SNL skit, right? Doesn't, yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, the, the California. That's, that's what I was yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Oh boy! Don't so I also, yeah, I also read a book which is also pretty fun. Oh, cool. So I did some kind of creative type thing. So it's a book. What'd you by, read? It's a book by Kira Cass called The Siren. I would definitely recommend picking it up because it's only like 99 cents um, on Kindle. So it's uh, one of her first books. She's a really great YA author. If you're interested in sirens, as in like the mythical creature that calls people to their death, <laughs> go pick it up. You should recommend it in our Goodreads group. Oh, God, we need to get that to be active. Goodreads, nerd appropriate. <laughs> I'm, I'm horribly not good at keeping that thing active. Yeah, that's okay. You know what I keep getting recommended that I have not? I, I don't know if you guys have read it. Is uh, Ready Player One? Has anybody read that? No. I keep I'm getting not, recommended it. It's not, kind of like I a keep, weird future yeah. sci-fi book about gaming, and and I have not read it yet. So the last book I we was should able probably to do that. Read, yeah, yeah. I was able to read Robopocalypse, which I would also <laughs> recommend. That one. I, someone else has recommended that to me too. They're gonna make a movie out of it. Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg's doing it. Yeah. News. So speaking of tech. Good. 
yeah. sport of tech. So CES happened this week, um, which did. is pretty, pretty fantastic in Vegas. And there were a lot of cool updates um, that happened and a lot of cool new tech that was announced. But the number one thing that I feel like people are talking about is the Steam Box. So um, I think that's actually first on our list of news. So it is. Yeah. So what do you guys think about the Steam Box? Well, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but basically what came out of what was interesting about CES is that there weren't really any big gaming companies doing their own kind of panels or anything there. But Steam actually had a big presence with a kind of third party ideas or prototypes for the Steam Box. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an Alienware one. I think they had an HP one. And then one of the more interesting ones was one called the Piston. And I don't know if you guys saw these different prototypes, but basically the way uh, I think Engadget reported it was that they were just trying to show off different form factors for what the Steam Box could be in your living room. Okay. This is not necessarily that they are invested. The only one they've invested in uh, with their own capital is the Piston, um, which if you guys haven't heard, is basically like a... Uh, it's like a square. How to describe it? It, well, yeah, I mean, it looks awesome. It's this little, like, it looks like a, like a, the casing for a piston and an engine, essentially, but whatever that might be called, I clearly do not know engines and cars very well. Uh, but it, it, uh, it's interchangeable. So, like, if, let's say a new graphics card came out or a new, uh, new RAM that you wanted to put in, you could, like, basically pull a piece of the PC out, put a new PP, piece of the PC in, and then, like, send it off for credit towards your purchase and things like that. It's this like ever-changing box that can kind of always be up to date with whatever the tech is. It looks really small. It looks like you'd be buying those parts directly from... <laughs> from Piston. They'd yeah, be from proprietary. Yeah, yeah, they're they're totally proprietary. Mm. And, and on top of that, they are um, super low power, supposedly really low heat, very mm-hmm. quiet, you know, kind of PC in the living room box. This is all based off of uh, Steam's uh, big screen if anybody, I, I messed with it. I don't remember if anybody else did on the podcast, but it's their new kind of uh, TV interface with a controller in the hand. Um, so, so I don't know. I, these these were all priced from what I've been hearing anywhere from about $1,000 to $2,000. Hmm. Uh, I think the piston might have come in a little bit cheaper than that. I don't remember if they if they had any pr- actual pricing on it. Um, the, but I mean, There's really just one thing that I honestly <laughs> find confusing about this. And, and like... That is, what is the difference between getting a piston and then just building like a media center PC and putting that in your living room? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't there is any. It. I mean, I think, isn't the Steam Box going to be literally, like, Valve is going to be manufacturing these, correct? Right. So so I think what the Steam Box guarantees is what a console guarantees. Yeah. Is, here's a box that Valve says, hey, we've tested every single game that comes through Steam ah. that you can install on this thing on this box, and it'll work right mm-hmm. out of the box. You just buy it from us, and everything will play. You don't have to worry about anything. I so think okay. that's yeah. the real key behind Steam Box. So I, I, I'm still confused with this kind of motion that's, that, uh, that Steam is kind of going in this direction because it's directly competing with consoles now. So course, my yes. whole yeah. thing is I know that Steam is, is like a widely recognized and highly respected marketplace. But I still don't understand, aside from the fact that people get games for cheap during Steam sales, yeah. I don't understand the lure. Like, why would I be, why as a, like a Microsoft junkie? Let me this one, because I thought about okay. this long and hard. The okay, answer cool. is um, <laughs> modability. Not, not necessarily modability of the hardware, but the fact that um, you can mod and, and add all sorts of bells and whistles to, um, to your software 
on a PC, which you cannot do on a console. I mean, if you like wanted naked Skyrim, yeah, you could do naked Skyrim, but if you you would never ever ever see naked Skyrim on a PS3 or Xbox. I mean, like the other the only bummer that I've heard right now is that it's supposedly going to run Linux, which could handicap what games it plays. But I think that's something that's that Valve is probably working very hard and fast on making work. You hard know, if they really support right. <laughs> So also though in in gaming prototypes gaming kind of hardware we have Nvidia's Project Shield and Razer's Edge. Did you guys see these two things? I I did actually. Um, you, thanks to Techzilla. So the Razer the, Razor, the Razer's Edge. This is the one I spent more time with. So okay, the Razer Edge is a thousand to twelve hundred dollar um, essentially tablet convertible tablet PC, right? Yeah. That um, can play just about anything <laughs> it yeah ridiculous uh but this is this is akin more to a traditional laptop but in a much more portable flavor um it, it's preloaded you can do steam on it right and most most pc games and i think it also it, it runs windows 8 right now which is, is it windows 8 okay yeah, it was running windows 8 i think it essentially had all the all the horsepower of a modern gaming rig, but in a tablet, which seems ridiculous. It had like eight gigs of RAM and like a nice NVIDIA graphics card on it. And they showed um, the demo I saw. Um, by the way, the CEO of Razer is like he looks like he's thirty years old. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm so old. so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> he's like this thirty year old Asian dude. He's like, yeah, check out what I built. I'm like, oh my god, you're so rich. But anyway. Um, so they were showing Dishonored on this tablet and Mm -hmm. first thing that he did that really kind of made my my jaw kind of pop open for a second was he attached all this crap so he flipped it up attached a keyboard to it um, and then all of a sudden within like a couple seconds the tablet looked more like a PC and they were playing Dishonored on it and it worked fine and it also has attachable controllers to where you can actually um have dual analog sticks on each side of the tablet, if that makes any sense, along with your buttons and your D-pad. So it almost turns the entire tablet into like a massive... Looks Wii like a, U controller? Yeah, a massive Game Boy, right? Yeah. Uh, which was also kind of cool. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely innovative. It's definitely cool, but I don't know how functional it would actually be. Um, yeah. Project I, thought the control, I thought the controller attachment was one of the cool things, too, is that it, it basically converts a, a was it nine point something inch tablet into a playable thing with controls which is always what my complaint is about on-screen controls with the ipad or the nexus or anything like that very hard to use and this this seems to make it pretty usable okay uh, i was gonna say the problem with something like that is it's gonna get really hot you know if you're playing games on something that small um, yeah. the thing that's neat is it has a solid state hard drive so you don't have to worry about jostling it you know it's not like a, a laptop um, it's meant to be kind of carried around and moved around like a, like a tablet. So it um it, it, it the Razer's Edge seems really innovative, and a thousand dollars really isn't that bad for a tablet that you can actually game on if you really really wanted to. It's what the Surface Pro costs. So I mean, if you're going to drop a thousand dollars on a Windows 8 tablet that can do things, the Razer's Edge might be more enticing than the Surface Pro, honestly. Yeah. Hmm. All, all the peripherals, though, like the the controller and the keyboard and all that stuff, they're all relatively expensive between like two hundred bucks. Two, yeah, they're like two hundred bucks. So, so Nvidia's Project Shield um, differed a little bit. This is a this is a sort of the Wii U tablet for PC gaming. Um, this is Nvidia's controller with like a flip top. Uh, I think it's a five inch screen or six inch screen. It's not mm-hmm. huge. It's small. Um, but it is, I think, a higher def 
excuse me. Um, and uh, by itself, on its own, as an individual device, this is an Android-based um, unit, like the Oya would be, or something like that. It, you know, it'll take place of it'll it'll be kind of a gaming machine built on Android, but. What you can do is actually hook it up to your local network and play games off of your computer or stream them directly to your TV and use it as a controller, streaming basically high-quality games, whatever your, you know, your dishonors or whatever that might be. Somehow, and I don't, I don't know the tech on this, from, the, from your network to the controller to the TV, essentially. So weird. This is so really this is, confusing. This, this is the yeah, Project Shield confused the living crap out of me. And plus, it looks like a piece of like alien technology that you'd it find like weird. crashed you. Yeah, up. I don't. I mean, as far as looks go, it was the least attractive thing I've seen come out of CES. But I thought the concept of it being what Nintendo's doing with the Wii U on a more powerful PC game type. It sounds like on live, but on your local network. So supposedly probably minus the lag and things like that. You, you should be able to play it at a, at a relatively fast speed. But So basically this controller will stream games from your computer and then you hook it up with HDMI to your TV and you can play the game on the TV? Yeah, with your with this NVIDIA controller. Or let's say then your wife walks in the room and says, you, you know, I'm going to watch Vampire Diaries. And you go, okay, hey, now. Life, right? yeah. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> then you just flick the controller screen open and you can continue gaming on the, on the controller. So, okay. Uh, as if nothing happened. Why is that cool for this, but stupid for the Wii U? Oh, hey, I never said it was stupid for the Wii U. So don't, I did. Don't, don't lump I think, me in I that think this is stupid, too. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand the purpose of it. Like I, I've never been at the point where like oh, I need to, I need to stream this on something that's not the thing that I'm like. I don't understand. I don't, like what? I think we just, I think we just learned that Ash doesn't take poops. I don't. <laughs> I, don't. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that the the similarities between these two particular products and the Wii U is very clear. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. This is the Wii U on PC. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's essentially what they're saying here. Right. Except it also has Android. So, if you wanted to throw the ugliest, most least portable, portable gaming thing in your bag and take it with you, you could feasibly play Android games somewhere else with this hideous piece of work. But hey, you know, whatever. Each their own on that. But I mean, at this point, these are all really just prototypes, and there's no guarantee yeah. that things these products will ever actually make it to market. Maybe with the exception of well, the I mean, Razor's Edge, edge is for sale. Yeah, Razor's yeah. Edge is for sale. Like you. You can do that now, and it, and it's a pretty awesome looking thing. So if you were looking for like a portable gaming rig, I think the Razer Edge, if you wanted to spend that kind of money, mm-hmm. is is pretty awesome looking. I mean, it's it's hard to argue. The Nvidia Project Shield, I think, is an interesting concept. I just don't. I mean, I agree. I don't know how many times I would flick open the the controller and play like on a five inch screen as compared to my forty, you know, whatever inch screen. Right. Right. But like at the same time. It, you know, uh, being able to walk out, pick up an NVIDIA controller, turn it on, and have games streaming from my gaming rig to the TV is more interesting, which is uh, the same reason this box is interesting. I think you know it's a I cool mean? concept. Like, I, I mean, that, I agree. So, and then the last bit of CES news um, was really, as Microsoft does tend to do, they put out these amazing tech demos that may never see the light of day, but they put out a new one, and it's called a Luma Room. They did it uh, alongside of Samsung, I believe. And basically, somebody fires up an Xbox, and it is the Kinect uh, mixed with a TV that has like a backwards projector. 
and a uh, Xbox, and he starts playing games. And the as he starts playing, the the whole room lights up with the screen, like projects like a screen back behind the TV, essentially. That then shifts with your perspective as you're kind of moving and playing in the game. And uh, I'm in. It I'm is. Totally in. It is awesome looking. Uh, <laughs> like no lies, I would be totally down to play a game like this. I'm so but, down. That's that's awesome. Probably never happen. Although everybody's saying like, "Ooh, is this the Xbox 720? Is this what's going to happen?" I really doubt it, but you never know. Um, it is. It is pretty cool though. So yeah, it's a cool concept. We'll, we'll yeah. link up. They do this all the time, though, Scott. You know, and they they put out these like, like we talked about earlier. That the Surface was a thing in Microsoft for years, and what it was was this table-sized computer that had a touch screen that had like super multi-touch touch screen on the top of it that people would play D and D on. They would do you know like you could have you know your family's you know financial stuff and be doing budgets on it and like all this like it, it like it's just an awesome concept and i think they sold three of them and then that was like <laughs> never did anything and now else it's called the it. pixel sense yeah now it's got a new name but but i, I have a feeling this is going to go the way of that but it is a pretty awesome concept so we'll, we'll try to link that up too and uh give it a look but it's called the microsoft Illumarum. it's a really neat uh there's a youtube video out that shows the whole demo and it's it's pretty awesome looking we're one step closer to the holodeck Seriously. Or Fahrenheit four fifty one. I think the coolest thing is that it doesn't just project. It it kind of like the connect knows where you are, so it kind of interacts with you due to the connect. You know what I mean? Like that. That's a pretty awesome thing. So yeah, I like it. Well, do you guys want to take a quick break and come back for our long-winded discussion about Walking Dead and a review about Anarchy Reigns? Yes, yeah. sir. Yes. Let's do it. Okay, we're back, and we're going to do a quick review of Anarchy Reigns and then move on to a long, spoiler-filled discussion about Telltale's Walking Dead. Um, so let me start off by asking you guys, do you know anything about Anarchy Reigns? Yeah, I Other watched... what I taught you last week. <laughs> I, watched, I watched some videos on it, and it kind of looked like a, like a weird Japanese manga wet dream with fighting. That's... <laughs> That sounds right up Ash's alley. I, I watched the videos too, and I couldn't even like figure out what the game, like what it was about. I did appreciate the very stereotypical black character that they had. That was pretty nice. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. Yeah, his he's what's his name? I'll think of his name in a minute. His name's like Pimp Daddy or something. <laughs> oh, no. It's pretty incredible. But um, so Anarchy Reigns is by Platinum Games, uh, who did Bayonetta and who did Vanquish. Um, they're working on Metal Gear rising revengeance right now and of course they're working on bayonetta 2 which is going to be a wii exclusive um and you know they're they're good at what they do and this was supposed to be uh a, a multiplayer arena style massive brawler of a game meaning that you would be able to have over a dozen different players in one gigantic map essentially all fighting at the exact same time. So think of it like Street Fighter, but with like 20 people as opposed to one-on-one, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the concept of Anarchy Reigns was really supposed to be. Um, 
quickly, the single player is really different because you start off on these wide open maps and you actually have to kill like a certain number of like minion, like kind of scrub characters in order to advance the story. And then you'll go on and fight boss characters and things of that nature and do different challenges, similar to how in Street Fighter you'd have to punch the car and things like that. Well, these are a little bit more involved. You might have to do like a uh, a challenge where you hang from a helicopter and, and shoot a Gatling gun or a challenge where you race around on a, a, a flying hovercraft shooting fireballs. This kind of sounds like it's all over the place. It yeah. is mm-hmm. literally all over the place. And that's why it's so hard to explain really what this game is. I guess at its core, it's a third-person brawling game. Okay, The okay. combat is, is fairly straightforward. There's only a light punch and a hard punch, and then you hold down the left trigger, and then you can um, use your abilities, but super-powered style. So you'd have a light super and a heavy super. Um, that seems so you... weird considering like how detailed Bayonetta was you know, right. in terms of the combos and the moves and the items and, and the weapons. That's, that's kind of um, what I was expecting this to be, especially considering since Bayonetta is in this game. I was expecting a, a real, uh, incredibly detailed fighting system. And it's just, unfortunately, it's not here. So while it's fun to play, there aren't, um, an, like a, there aren't that many moves at all. And, and you can't, like, one of the biggest things about Bayonetta was being able to, like, um, counter abilities and actually yeah, yeah. The, the precision of combat down, which is what made it so fun. And this is really as, as button mashy as you can get. There's a little little bit of tact, of course, to it, but not a whole lot. Does it have any like multiplayer or co-op? Can you brawl it up like with your buds? Yeah. So there, there's a gosh, there's more modes than I can. I, Why I was, was that so funny? There's <laughs> just the alliteration in that was hilarious. Oh, brawl it up with, your, it buds. Up with your buds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your bros, whatever. <laughs> this is gonna be ridiculous, but I think there's over a, a dozen different modes. <laughs> what? <laughs> a dozen different gameplay modes on top of the campaign mode. Um. And one of them that I actually did try online was a um, was the co-op sort of horde style. So you and two of your friends can fight against waves of increasingly difficult enemies. Okay, and this is actually a lot of fun. Um, there are you know you can do like co-op team up attacks uh, and actually work together and like do group 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 body slams and things like that. <laughs> but the, the problem. I'm going to be honest, I feel like this game was never finished. It has so much potential, and it tried to be so incredibly innovative. I mean, you have these long, incredibly massive, sprawling levels of, like, multiple tiers where you climb up, like, these giant buildings, and you, you know, jump on air jets and fight all these monsters and stuff. But then, I feel like they started working on this game, and then got sidetracked with other projects, and didn't actually finish it. And a great example of why is, like, a lot of the menus in the game and I was telling you guys this yeah, earlier. Tell, tell me and about I, the choice of fonts in this game, because we never really talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> and the intro to the game is like um, looks like a, a VGA like or EGA graphic of like some splash screen. And there's literally <laughs> link text that's like fourteen font fourteen point font that tells the backstory of like what the unit is. <laughs> just scrolling, and you're like, "What? This is the intro to the game? No, like." intro cinematic or anything of that nature just literally a still picture with scrolling 14 point font and i'm just like okay that's weird Hmm. the menu system is also like you know probably 18 point aerial font just like menus you know story (laughs) campaign like that's pretty much it (laughs) in terms of the menus um but the but the price is right right yeah so the the price brand new is 30 dollars right now um and 
and the thing that's that's unfortunate is the game, like I said earlier, had so much potential to be something really, really great. It tried to be so many things at the same time. There's literally no other game like it on the planet, which I I, I admire. I think that's a, a great idea for them to try and do something new. But the thing that this game needed to be great was a really, really tight fighting system, which it does not have. Would you describe uh, it as pure anarchy? It is pure anarchy. <laughs> Is total. It's maximum anarchy. Oh, the last thing I want to say about this is the soundtrack is fucking incredible. It's like somebody took, um, gosh, like really insane hip hop and 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 injected injected it with epinephrine. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, I mean, is it all like Jay popped up like the Bayonetta soundtrack was, or is it something different? Oh, it's 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 fucking crazy, super speed, super fast hip hop, like outcast style, but about like about the game. <laughs> they must Seriously? have somebody over there at Platinum Games on staff who just re-records all these songs and creates like new lyrics for them, you know, because that's what Bayonetta had too. I absolutely love the soundtrack. I think it's amazing. So uh, I think this brings up a, a question, though, just a, a brief one that I want to ask is is does it I kind of appreciate that this is a $30 game. Like yep. it doesn't bother me that they put out a game that they're like, Hey, look, we didn't, this is not a triple a game. This is a game that we spent X amount of time on and we got it out and it's called anarchy reigns and you may like it. It's a brawler. You know what I mean? Like instead of like every game being $60. No, I agree with that. I, I think, I think there should be $30 games and there should be $60 games. And this game to be perfectly honest is worth $30. I've already, um, the game is actually pretty long. It, it has a, a fairly decent story. There's some really cool cinematics in there. Uh, there's a lot to it, and I, and I agree. I think for thirty dollars, it, it's worth it. I mean, awesome. It has its faults, but you know, a thirty dollar game is great. So ranks right up there with uh, Earth Defense Insect Invasion Force game. I was actually, shooter. I was better than that. No, that was like twenty dollars. <laughs> I think that was a twenty dollar game. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get real here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Matt finished The Walking Dead. I did, yay! And uh, finally, yeah, I know. Seriously, how, how did that make you feel when you finished it? Um, like literally the ending moments of the game, or how did it feel to finish Walking Dead? Just maybe like your experience of just playing the game, because I knew that you were just kind of like at times you were trying to catch up, and you felt like you were just like plowing through it. Um. Uh, yeah so i i experienced and i actually did a little research on this today and i felt better about it after doing research but it was buggy like with a capital b for me i played off the disc on xbox um to be fair i heard the disc version is in fact buggy compared to the non-disc version and, and pretty much what they've done is if you take a picture like telltale has said if you take a picture i don't know if this deal's still going but if you take a picture of the disc like of the case next to your Xbox and your TV with you holding it. And I think you have to have your gamer tag somewhere on the screen or something. They will send you a download copy of the game so that you can play through it without the bugginess. But wow. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad guys. Like it was like vocal glitches where things would repeat themselves. And like, there was tons of lag when I was trying to hit buttons. So like I would die a lot for stupid shit. Like I, like, the game would load up and then I couldn't move the cursor and then the cursor would pop in and then the zombie would be on top of me. Like it was like, it just was, it, it, it was hard. It made it, it made it not fun to play. That's so, important. So, I mean, so that aside, or can you not that cast aside, that aside? 
Um, I mean, it's hard to. I just wish they hadn't put a disc version out. Honestly, I mean, okay. like if if the, if that's the issue, then just don't put it on disc. I understand why they did because they wanted to reach that kind of like GameStop market. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a viable place to do that kind of thing. But uh, I mean, otherwise, I found um, it. So it is a very well written story, and we'll get into that. But it is an extremely well written story. It is definitely enthralling when you're playing. I just don't love games that stress me out, and that's pretty much this game is just designed to stress you the fuck out. I think we talked about that last week with uh, it's Dead, Dead Space. Space. Yeah, yeah, I don't like playing Dead Space because I just I just get stressed, and it's just like I don't I have stress in my life. I don't need to simulate stress on TV when I'm playing. Like, yeah, it's true. It, it's just like it's not a thing that I get into in a super way. Mm-hmm. So I I enjoyed it for the narrative, um, but I don't necessarily know that the story points or the gameplay necessarily like hit 100% with me um I don't think that I can consider this game of the year I can consider it a very good game of the year (laughs) but but it's hard for me to look at it and be like this beat every other game that came out this year as as like the experience to have now that being said there are tons of stuff which we're going to get into in the in the open thread that I think they innovated on and did an amazing freaking job at doing. Um, it just for me personally did not hit on all the right notes for me to be like walk away with like oh that was like it was such a great you know experience. It just it was like unexperienced. Right. It was super stressful. It bummed me the fuck out the entire time, which is a good story. It's a sign of a good story, but I you know I don't know if that's making it's sense. not what you're looking for did, in gaming. Is what you're trying to say? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They totally like, make sense. I loved reading Cormac McCarthy's The Road. I have zero desire to ever play a game about the book The Road. <laughs> like, it is a horribly depressing, awful experience to feel like I would want to have, and I don't want to have that experience because I would rather not have it. You know Fair what I mean? Enough. <laughs> so, the well, termi- terminal disease, the game. Like, <laughs> I don't like this. Well, I think the last person to finish the game before matt that has not had a chance to talk about it was hillary am i correct about that yeah i did i finished it actually in one night oh my god yeah it was pretty addictive and um yeah it was one of the at first i i wasn't really into the graphics you know what i mean i i just kind of i wanted something more but i think the choices were so um hard and and i think there was such a, a strong amount of urgency to be you, you pretty much have to choose and a lot of times it's timed and that actually got me really into the game like I, I don't know it felt like it drew me in just because you couldn't just you know put your controller down walk away and then jump back in because mm-hmm. it's dialogue again so I, I don't know I, I liked it and I actually you know it, it did touch upon some things and I I absolutely had feelings at the end and overall I thought it was a really good game I don't I agree with Matt that I don't believe that it's game of the year but that's only because when I think game of the year, I think like all the bells and whistles. Like I want like super massive experience, like huge game. And and this is a great game, but it's not a huge game. You know, you know what's interesting to me about it is that I, I think if I had played it as a downloaded title, I may feel slightly different about it. But it's I'm telling you, Ash, I know you played as a downloaded title. Yeah. It is hard to play through that game on disc. And walk away being like, that's a polished game. It's like, you get away from me. Good lord, like, what the hell did I just do? I know you can't answer this question, but how do you think you would have liked the game if you did not know that it was the game of the year? I don't think that really affected me that much, honestly. I I think I expected a little bit more out of the... um, 
manipulation of the narrative, if that makes sense. I understand. Um, but not necessarily. I didn't. It, it, the game of the year stuff was just interesting to me as a side note. Like it was like, okay, this one. Let's let's see what the hype's about. But I didn't really. I don't put a lot of stock in game of the year stuff, anyways. But mm-hmm. I just was like, okay, let me check it out. the The disc stuff was was really what hit it more than anything else. It wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I think playing it in an episodic fashion um, really did a service because I, yeah. I think about um, times where I've watched episodic television and it's kind of like this this building momentum. And I'll, I'll use Lost as an example. The Lost. first couple of seasons of Lost, um, I was watching them every single week, um, you know, as they aired. And like you, you, you know, the amount of excitement of uh, as we were watching that, it just built and built and built. And I think that's one thing that Telltale did really well with this. By the time the last episode, um, not air, but the last episode was published of The Walking Dead, it could have probably been Lee and like Clementine fishing and like talking. And I would have been like, that's the best, most brilliant thing ever. <laughs> like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was uh, just such a fan of those characters after you know, building them up in my own eyes after you know, five, six months of, of waiting. So, um, I think Clementine, bar none, one of the best characters ever written. She's in, great, mm-hmm. isn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that it's weird because I think children are both the hardest and the easiest thing to write because it's like they're hard because if you don't hit the note right, like if you don't really nail what it's like to hang out with a kid or, or like, you know, what a child sees, like the kind of the, the lens that a child sees the world through. If you don't nail that, it feels really false and it just comes off as crappy and it's not good. But if you do, it's like, I feel like it's just, it, it it's so easy to make that a character that you want to interact with. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, yeah. they, they see things differently and they, they interact with things differently. And it's like, when they say shit, you're just like, oh, like it kind of snaps you out of that like gamer mode of being like, oh, I'm a you know 30 year old guy. I'm just gonna fuck everyone. I'll do whatever I want. And then it's like a little kid like, are you gonna really fuck everyone? That stuff like you know, are you really gonna take that stuff? And then you're like, oh shit, no, yeah. I guess I shouldn't take that stuff. <laughs> like, she, she's I guess it depends on who compass, you right? how you played. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're Hillary and you hate humanity, apparently, then you can do. <laughs> So, no, it's uh, survival of the fittest, man. Survival of the fittest. Oh my god! All right, I think we're about to learn a lot about each other, or at Scott, least our listeners. Back on the rails. Yeah. So let's see. Okay, let's start with one that's very controversial. Did you save Doug or Carly in episode one? Ash. Um, well, I I chose Carly because she's uh, a foxy newscaster who knows how to use a gun. God. That is the correct answer, Matt. Who did you choose? Doug, because he can do shit. He's smart. Why do I want a girl who can talk into a microphone? Doug is a smart person. I, have, I do have a question about this. I have a serious question about this. In episode two, does Carly... So Doug rigs up an alarm system. Does that exist in the game if Doug's not there? No. I don't it think does so. Not. No. Wow. Okay. So he does do important stuff. I think there's more battery jokes later in the game if you uh, save Carly. Yeah. Well, Doug, yeah. Doug rigs up, like in episode two when you're in the motel, Doug rigs up a whole like bell alarm system um, that like warns you when people are coming up and you get like a jump on stuff. I don't know if it really affects uh, In episode two, like, Carly shoots fuckers in the head. It's true. <laughs> Doug can handle a gun. That's the only difference. She, she starts to become like a potential love interest, I think. Yeah. By the way, can I please point out how ridiculous this string of words is? Knows your past, attractive can handle a gun. 
<laughs> or Doug. As compared to Doug, doesn't know you. IT guy. Oh, IT guy. Womp womp. Yeah. Marked for death. Doug is the smarter thing. Everybody who joined me with Doug is, is the smart person. Everybody who chose Carly is just being led by the testicles. That's all there is. Hey, no, I don't have testicles, and I still chose Carly. As far as we know. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, oh, and for the record, like 75% of the, the community chose Carly. Of course they did. Yeah. A group member yeah. has a heart attack. He could be dead. Do you make sure he stays down or try to save him? This is the the scene in the um when you're stuck in like the freezer or like the in that back room and there's a, yeah. a salt lake and you need to figure out what to do about Larry who basically treats you like a fucking asshole for his entire yeah. stint in and the this game. is amazing yep just before we answer 68 percent of the community tried to save Larry who was the ultimate video game asshole like this I character was him. written to just Did be you? the worst yeah. human possible. Mm-hmm. And I tried to save him too, but I fucking hated him. But I was I like, tried Are to you serious? Well. Wow, what did Hillary do? Hillary's the only one who kills him. I totally killed him. Uh-huh. I, like, he was I the worst. This is, this is one of those... This is one of those where it being a video game, I would like to think, informs your decision. Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I do not think that Hillary in real life, no matter how much she hated somebody, would take a salt lick to some dude's head that's trying to be revived right now. If he's going to turn into a zombie and kill me, absolutely. I never want to be locked in a room is, with Hillary. This is Hillary. the fallacy of the Walking Dead universe that always gets me. You're in a room, there's five of you in a room with one guy who's going to turn into the slowest moving zombie ever existing in the world. And instead of giving him a chance to live, you're going to kill him immediately. <laughs> he's already <laughs> because- dead. Based off the fact that he may come back, you'll still have plenty of time to kill him at any point in time. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the thing is that he's ha- he's a total jerk to me. I've had to run errands for him to save his life before. He's going to continue to have these heart problems. We're on right. the run. He's he might turn and kill me. Like there aren't a lot of things that are weighing in his in his favor right now. That's true. She's um, a Crawford. That's all I gotta say. Ooh. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> let's. <laughs> Maybe we well, could they, give Hillary a chance to redeem one. herself. Because when you discover vital supplies in a car that appears to have been <laughs> abandoned, do you take what you need or choose to leave what isn't yours, Hillary? I totally took it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that anyone would leave that. I left like, the supplies. Prime. Like, why would you I do that? Because. You're starving. Clementine. Clementine. 100%. Wait, cl- yes, but Clementine also needs to learn. And you have a nice conversation with her afterward where she, like, puts on the sweatshirt and all of that stuff. She's cold, and now she's not cold. You're trying to take care of but, Clementine. But think of okay. the repercussions of your actions. It does come back to haunt you. Can I, I never you, thought it would. Can so. I tell you guys a quick story about video gaming in general? Yes. I always have a couple of rules when I play video games. Two come to mind. One is that when there's a fork in the road, I always go left. And the other right. rule comes from something I learned from the Goonies, right? And this is a perfect example of this. And Matt, I don't know if you remember this, but Something that we used to always talk about with Adam is um, Willie's Gold. You know, One-Eyed Willie? Yeah. yeah. Love that movie. Right? So these vital supplies in the car, that's Willie's Gold. You don't touch right. that. Because as soon you as you touch, touch it, that's what makes, like, the uh, the pendulum swing on the scale, which then, like, sets everything ablaze. And all of a sudden, like, the ship starts moving. And that's when all the bad stuff happens. So the supplies in the car, that's Willie's Gold. You don't touch that. 
The thing is, had Willie's gold not been touched, the end of the movie where you see the ship sailing away in the sunset, that would have never happened. Yeah, I know, so. but it wasn't the kids that took Willie's gold. It, was, it doesn't matter. Awesome analogy. It was the crotchety old woman who reached in and stole Willie's gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what obliterated yes. everything. Nice. No, because Hillary, she still had see, jewels Hillary, in her pocket. Guys, let's explain it to her. Hillary, what you don't know is if you didn't take the supplies, the army shows up 15 minutes later and wipes out all of the zombies, and you live in <laughs> happiness with all the other characters. Everybody's alive and yeah, good. The game yeah. actually ends at the end actually of the episode, ends. too. Yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. That's why Matt finished it so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we had food, we had warmth, and we went on our merry way. So here's, here's the thing. Everybody takes the food and stuff anyways and gives it to Clementine yeah. anyways. You just you made the moral decision not to take it. That's the only thing. The thing is, the game, which is, I think, both the most brilliant and, I think, possibly disappointing to some people, thing that it does is that every decision you make is barely a decision you made. Like, they, they're still telling you whatever story they wanted to tell you. They just made you feel like you had a significant stake in the story as it goes. You know mm, what yeah. I mean? There are elements of the narrative that, that do change, but it's never significant enough. Like, it's, oh, now you're not at the motel anymore. I mean, because that would just cost way too much for them to right. do. So, so. so here's the thing that you have to think about, too. So if you don't teach Clementine that you take what you need, if for some reason you're not around and she has to fend for herself, don't you want her to be like able to live this later in the game? Yeah, but don't you want her to be able to like have survival skills? No, I, I see your point. I see your point. Sure, but maybe two days in, when you don't know what the hell's going on, you don't steal other people's stuff just because you feel like you should. The world steal. is over. There's <laughs> flesh-eating zombies. It's the, the end over. of the. Dude, it's time to it's time to throw out all the all the morals that you used to live by and create a new set. Crawford. <laughs> okay, so one group member kills another in cold blood. Do you leave the killer to her fate or take her with you? So, did she kill Carly in your guy's story? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, she killed, so it's the same person either way. It's Doug or Carly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty Which fucking dramatic, yeah. Yeah, it is. Dude, I was I was shocked. It reminded, I left her ass. It reminded me of right Lost, now. to be honest with you. Yeah, it's true. Just kind of out of the blue, you're like, wait, wait a second. Did you're that like, Michael, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. So wait, Scott and Ash, what'd you do? Um, I left I left Lily on the side of the road because me I was too. like I was kinda like, Well, what do I do? Like I can't kill her. Uh, I mean I should have killed her, but I, I couldn't. Because I liked her character, I'm like she she was trying really hard to be leader, and she was kind of unraveling, um, and it it just escalated so quickly during that scene. I thought that was a really really well written and really shocking. Because I don't know how they built up Doug, but they really built up Carly to be um, one of the most major characters in the series, mm-hmm. and to have her just you know instantly wiped out of the storyline, I was kind of like, well, fuck, where can this where can this look, go? Look, guys. I work on computers all day. There's a chance that I identified with Doug slightly in the <laughs> fact that I would be Doug in this group if I was going to be. I wouldn't be Lee. I'm not like a tough, smart guy that everybody's going to love and like listen to. I would be the dude's like, uh, I rigged a calculator to tell us if a zombie's nearby. And everybody would be like, that's awesome. And I'd be like, that's all I can contribute. Thank you, everybody. And I'd like walk away. So that's why I had Doug. All right. That's the real answer. Okay. Can, can I tell you guys another story about this particular decision? What? Yes. So if you think back now to the Karate Kid Part 2, um, <laughs> when uh, Mr. Miyagi has a chance to kill the uh, evil leader of the Cobra Kai Dojo, you remember what, you know uh-huh. what I'm talking about? And he punches yeah, the windows yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Daniel's like, why didn't you kill him? And Mr. Miyagi says, 
Because, Daniel, for a man with no forgiveness in heart, life, worse punishment than death. I made her come with us. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Did you really? I sure I did. Fucking, I left Was her she ass. there? Did she stay throughout the story? Uh, she ended up stealing the camper. <laughs> really smart there, Scott. Super smart. Hey. Which, when did she steal the camper? Uh, when we were trying to fix the train. Oh, okay. So it's the same. I mean, I was really interested to see how they brought stories back in when you did something, you know, different. So that's interesting. But seriously, but... she just killed somebody. So I was just going to make her sit on that bus and stare at us until it drove her crazy. And there it is. is like additional dialogue. If you keep her around now, you have like extra conversations mm-hmm. with her and stuff that you wouldn't have if you left her on the side of the road. So yeah, I, was... I didn't want to talk to her. She killed Carly. Yeah. I didn't want her on the train with Clementine. No, oh. I, I don't blame you. Pretty smart. She crazy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the 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 damn kid with the hoodie? Um, ben. 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 So did you guys? Yeah, let's say talk about ben, ben when he falls, or did you? What was your relationship like with Ben during the game? How, yeah, how'd you Not guys good. deal with Ben? Um, I got annoyed with Ben because here's the deal with Ben. Ben would be the worst character in the group, <laughs> like repeatedly. Oh yeah, same same. And, which game. is fine, honestly. You can be the worst guy. Like you can be shitty at everything. I don't care about that. What I care about is when you turn around and then complain that you don't get to do the cool stuff <laughs> because because you were like, oh, oh, just because I, you know, gave away supplies and then I uh, <laughs> left Clem to die in a pile of zombies. And then I uh, that was that was another. the thing that did it to me. Like, and then no I wouldn't way. shoot the, so you the drop zombies him? that time. Like, oh, yeah. You oh, my God. I dropped him. Oh my! You dropped you guys him. killed him. Oh my god! Dude, killed he was him. a he let go. He said, "I'm gonna let go." I said, "Yeah, dude, right, no." Yeah. He no. wanted to sacrifice himself. I'm like, "That's the best Sayonara. thing you can do." Oh my Goodbye. god! No one left behind. I thought no. that I thought that no. it was just a trick. I was like, "I'm gonna keep this kid around long enough," and like, just like Hooter and Captain EO at the end, he's finally gonna plug in the space keyboard, and we can oh, start. Yeah, did he? No, he didn't. He fucking died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hmm. Uh, like I said, and he may have led to the death of another beloved character. Yeah, so that's we'll true. Get to that. No, they all died anyways. But you can you can be shitty. Being shitty is not the issue. You can leave Clem in a pile of zombies, which pissed me off to no end. But if you're going to turn around to me 15 minutes later and be like, "Why can't I go to the thing that does stuff?" I'm going to punch you because you're going to be obnoxious. That's annoying. You're not good at stuff. That's why you're not doing the things that are fun. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I mean he was definitely an annoying character. I think that's that's what his purpose was in this story to see um kind of what happens when you introduce someone who's incredibly weak into a, into the group because everyone I mean, there's char- there were characters that were unraveling, there were characters that were crazy, yeah. but he was just weak and 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 terrified. And so it's kind of a, a good look at at human weakness and and kind of would also examine what um, how a player reacts to that. Do you keep giving him chance after chance and run the risk that he's going to kill everyone? Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> or do you drop him to his death? And uh, I, I gave well, him the chance. Hey, the thing but... is, he, it so... was his, it, he was basically, I didn't drop him. It's not like, you make it sound like I was holding him and I was just like, fuck him and threw him. <laughs> like, he, that was, to me, that was his reclamation, was him saying, you know I shouldn't be I shouldn't be here. Just let go of me. I like this is my chance to be the guy that gets you away. Like I'm giving mm-hmm. you time. Let go of me. Well, and here's the thing too. I'm he serious. Let, he, he let go. Let, no, he I, let Clem, I get it. Yeah, he like he totally like screwed me over when it came to Clementine. So 
in payment for that because it's going to allow Clementine to get away because my, my main priority in this game was to teach and defend Clementine. So, and like, I'm, I'm a fierce mama, like that's it. Right. So like him saying, I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm like, yes, you are because it allowed you get the salt lick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had no qualms about that. I was like, I just, you. you're finally doing something valuable. You could have just pulled him up and eaten him. That would have been a better use of his time. <laughs> eaten <I> him? Think... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, and also, like, like eaten him. Uh, you could have killed him and eaten him, like the Crawfords. Okay, <laughs> better... I'm not a Crawford. <laughs> you kind of are. I think the better uh, uh, character. No, 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 I, no, no, I will say. I will say really quickly, I'm not a Crawford because I believe in protecting Clementine. And didn't the Crawfords like get rid of, okay. get rid of all children and old people? I'll give you that. That is the one <clears throat> yes. that makes you Crawford. <laughs> but so far, every other one of your decisions has been, he's weak, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked, um, and I'm blanking on his name, the homeless guy, uh, better than Molly. Oh, really? yeah, yeah. Hobo Joe, whatever his Hobo name Joe, was. whatever his Val? name was. I don't know. He was great. He was, but he's the one that that you know tells you like, "Hey, you need to teach this girl to survive." Like, I thought that was a great moment. I thought yeah. it was really, I thought it was well done. I thought his it was a likable character, and it's that's when shit gets real. You got know? eaten. Yeah, when you had to cut her hair and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that scene a lot. Did you guys cut your arm off? Nope. No, yep. I did. Totally. I totally did. Totally. Why did you not cut your arm off? Because if this was a real world and not a video game that you knew you could get to an end to. <laughs> if you chop your fucking arm off in the middle of a hospital with no anything, you were going to bleed to death. There is no out of that. There is no, I might survive this. No, you're not. You chopped your arm off. There are major arteries and veins that run through your arm. You are going to bleed to death. There's no... Like if James Franco can do there. it. No, you can't. You're going to die. You're going to die. I'm sorry you're going to die, but it's going to happen. You're going to die. And I thought, if I'm going to keep Clem alive... I know I have time. Like the fucking little kid lived for like three days without dying. I've got to have at least a day in me before I'm going to die. I got a tiny little snip on my wrist. I knew I was going to live. So how did and that go way, for you with that arm? Totally fine. And this is the thing. This is where the game breaks. Because uh, from that point on, everything I did did not involve the use of my left arm. Oh, mm-hmm. so they only animated, they only animated one yeah. thing. Okay. Interesting. And and that was that was the first time in the game that I made an alternate decision and noticed that they were like crutching the game essentially to make me get to where I needed to go because I think the, the game story that has you to want happen. with these branching storylines is heavy rain but I don't think that you would play that game because of the tension involved in the game I actually want to play it made me want to play heavy rain You know who else should play heavy rain Nate you should play heavy rain Nate put the game in your console and play it right now Okay, I, I will be listening to this because he's only done episode one. We <laughs> want to play Heavy Rain, in, in all honesty, because it did make me realize that that's what I want. Is that like there, like there were plenty of times when I died as a character, and like this is kind of reviewy. So sorry, I'm bringing it up now, but like it, it, there were times when I died from whatever you know, like I didn't shoot correctly or whatever stupid glitchy thing happened that didn't work, or I fucked up and just didn't play it well enough. But like that would happen and I would die and then you just immediately come back right there. And like, that was frustrating to me because it was like, well, I have no alternative to dying here. Like I have to kill these five zombies. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's mm-hmm. no way through the story. So all it is, and I understand why they're doing it. Cause if, if otherwise all I was doing was clicking 
narrative decisions the whole time, that's less of an engaging game. But at the same time, it annoyed me that, like, you know what I mean? It just didn't feel, it felt video gamey then and less, like, story narrative. Like, I died and it was like, well, you're not dead. Come back. Do it right. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't do it right again. And they're like, well, come back. Do it right. And you're like, well, then just move me through it. <laughs> like, if, this is, <laughs> if the only option is me surviving, then just let me survive and move me to the next point because I'm doing horribly at this part, you know? Sure. So, so let's just, let's get to the end here because I think the captor stuff is interesting, but the decisions really mean almost nothing because you, it ends the same exact way, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, oh, do you have the, oh, did you kill a stranger or Clem? Oh, me? I, I beat him to, to death mercilessly with my bare hands. I think Clem <laughs> killed him. Clem killed Clem him. Clem killed me. him for me too. Yep. Yeah, she gets him. I, I punched him to death. She Which shot I think him. is a very poignant, great moment. Um, but here's here. Let's get back to this cutting your arm off. You guys all died anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I... I just left him. You oh, left yeah. So he died. Him. You died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I left him. No, I, he didn't die. I left him. He could be alive. He's just bleeding out from his arm. Right. Is that why? Were you bleeding out? I don't know. No, I turned. I was turning. Why did you turn? Because you got bit? Because I got bit. Yeah, you still so what, start to feel the effects of... So what you're uh, saying is you could have kept your arm and had the same story. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Probably. <laughs> so I made the right decision is what I'm saying. Whatever. <laughs> did, you I mean, have Clem, did you have Clem kill you or did you just no, tell her to I leave you? Bullets. I did too. So wait, 62, 63% of the community told Clem to shoot Lee before he turned. We, we None of That's us did that? Brutal. That's no. brutal. No. Yeah, I didn't do that either. I didn't for multiple reasons. One, I'm putting her life in danger. And two, uh, I don't need her to kill me. That's horrible. She just saw her dead parents outside like a minute and a half ago. I'm going to have her yep. shoot her other dad in the head. I thought shooting yep. would make noise. He was already handcuffed to the, the radiator. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't really make much sense. And also, I'm, I'm going to be honest, and you guys are going to laugh about this, but there was this little thing in the back of my mind that I was like, well, maybe Lee just has the flu. And maybe he just doesn't feel good and he'll black out and he'll wake up and everything will be fine. That's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I, to be honest, with, I, I agree with you. I left him alive just to keep as many story options open as possible. Yeah. I didn't cut my arm off, so I hate <laughs> he's dead. There's no way they're bringing him back. No, no they're, they're not. Yeah. I'm fully aware of that. But in my, my fake little narrative that I have in my mind, he breaks the handcuffs, runs free into the forest. So this leads me into an interesting question. Uh, did you guys like Lee? I loved Lee. I thought he was a great character. No, I was alright with him. He was alright. I think it was one of the reasons I didn't get into the game. I did really? not like Lee. Yeah. I, it, it what, I Why? I just, I don't know. It, it just really didn't, it wasn't a character that clicked with me at the end of the day. I clicked with other characters in this, like, as a blank slate guy, I guess I kind of clicked with him, but for some reason I just never felt like you never what? felt like you were Lee? Yeah. Even though I was choosing the stuff he was doing. Um, well, I, I think I think that the timed decisions was, was the greatest innovation this game has brought to uh, narrative-driven games where you can change stuff. Because it, it takes you out of that game mode where you can sit back and think about what might happen and how you can affect the game. And it puts you into what is your gut check? Every time you saw something, you just you made a, a gut check to do a, a decision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I and, mean, Heavy Rain had that too, but I think they brought this into this particular genre specifically. Right, right, right. Well, I haven't played Heavy Rain, so I can't comment on Heavy Rain. But it, it just it, it made it it made it feel like 
like in the tense situation that it was tense if that yeah. makes sense no they did a great job of creating creating tension in that way and i thought like the visceral nature of the story like kind of kept the shit real and kept you from playing the game like a first person shooter you know so yeah, if, if something like that timed effect had been in a game like Mass Effect or or Dragon Age, do you think that it would change how you played? Yeah, um, I mean, I think because I mean, with that Renegade and Paragon stuff, it started to approach something like that, but not in the you know, obviously not the dialogue. Well, I mean, like let's say you uh, have a split second decision on on who you're going to save, Ashley or. <laughs> Caden, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff is like, oh my god, that... I would have saved Ashley so much faster than Caden. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> than I already did. Yeah. It becomes a, it becomes a gut check before it becomes you know. No, you're right. Like you're going to blow up the collector ship, or you're going to keep it. You know, like those those big decisions that you thought about for a little bit when you did them in Mass Effect became more of a game to me because you got to think about them. That would know? have to be something that could be turned off in the options menu because I think some people would flip their shit about that. And I think yeah, absolutely. That... But I, f- I feel like that's what the discussion I, I wanted to we can briefly have now is is that does it affect like does that mean that this game gets viewed through a different scope than a game like that? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a great thing. I I think these kinds of things should. I mean, I like the timers when appropriate, and I think in a game like this for dialogue, it is appropriate. You know, so I think it works. You know. But it's just it's an interesting thing to me because the thing I always fight with people over Mass Effect in is that I play Mass Effect like a role playing game. And I feel like most people don't. They play it like a gaming system and they say, Well, I'm gonna be good and I'm gonna play I'll just choose all the good options because I know I'm gonna be good and that's what I wanna do. And it's like, Well then you're not playing a game. You're just you're you're gaming the system essentially to get an outcome that you wanna have as opposed to playing it as a role playing game. Well, the thing with like Dragon Age and Mass Effect is that it's balanced with a lot of really fast combat. So if they added the extra urgency to the dialogue, plus the fact that you are in stressful situations. In the White House. Um, what? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think that that would be, I, I just don't think it goes. Like I like the opportunity to sit and think about my dialogue choices because I have to be on my toes in combat situations. I, I, mean, I mean, I think aside from that, there's probably one other technical reason why that would be difficult to implement. And that's because that in The Walking Dead, um, if you don't make a decision, usually your default option is like silence. So I don't know, like so, it might be hard to implement a silence option for every choice, like in, in a, like a mass effect kind of game. So that's the other thing is that, uh, I think what LA noir had a silence option, right? Um, it's been a while. Yeah. I totally don't remember. <laughs> that was timed. Wasn't it when you had to say if you thought somebody was lying or not, wasn't there a timer on that or was there not? Yeah, right. I but think there this- was. Didn't the silence option default you to uh it defaulted you to a decision, essentially. I guess it did. Whereas the silence option here left you in that weird gray area that characters would start calling you on. Did you guys say, ever get to that? I never got to a point where I just didn't push a button. Did anyone ever do that? I did a couple uh, times. I wanted to hurt myself when I played that game, so I stopped. <laughs> no, I'm talking no, no, about no. the Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Walking Dead. Um I always made a decision. I never let it time out, but I, I have heard that the the default is silence. Yeah, yeah. I I, I did it a couple times where I stayed silent. Right. And, Thought and it was funny, the right time. During the first or second chapter, um, Kenny calls me out on it. I don't know if he does it with you guys, but uh, it's after I don't kill second chapter. It's after I don't kill Larry. He yells at me for always being uh, like noncommittal, and it actually affected me. Like in the story, I was like, "Oh shit, am I really not?" 
making decisions. And I guess I was always choosing, I was either staying silent or choosing the option that was kind of like, maybe we should just talk about this, guys. <laughs> yeah, they don't like <laughs> it if you waffle. Yeah, I was really like, I think I was really waffly with him and, and he got he got mad about it and yelled at me about it in the game, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but I thought that silence option was amazing. I thought they, they treated it well, like a real option and not like a default to like, oh, he's lying or you know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like it defaulted to one of the other decisions. I think the there's I think there's room in, in the gaming universe for, for both systems. But it, like Matt said, I really did appreciate the, the innovation with the the speed of the choosing and and the, and the fact that it, that it was timed, I think, made a huge difference and added to the urgency of the whole situation. So I liked it a lot. Um, would I like to see it necessarily in Mass Effect? Probably not, because I think Mass Effect is more of a game about stat building and min-maxing your character and wow. making the I, exact I, right decisions and forging your narrative. Um, you know, at least it was, yeah. So um, I, I, I think it's fine the way it is. I think I just place, I play Mass Effect very differently. I just don't, min-maxing is like not even in my vocab. Like I don't really, I don't know. It's it's just a different game to me, I guess. I don't know, but needless to say, if somehow you have avoided Mass or, or Mass Effect, good lord, brain melt. Uh, <laughs> if you have avoided Walking Dead, um, you know, even with my review of of me saying like, just first of all, don't buy the disc. Just go download it. <laughs> you don't need the disc. Just download mm. the game. Play the downloaded version. Uh, and second of all, uh, my even my kind of like you know, I don't enjoy stressful games. I still walked. It's one of those games I walked away from thinking about for days you know what i mean like i it just every time i ended a chapter or i especially when i finished the game all i could think about was like oh you know what about this or what if i did that or this is a really interesting way they did this in the story or this is it's it's just a very thought-provoking game and i can't recommend it highly enough even though i don't like stressful games necessarily so there you go we'll talk about storytelling again at another time but right now, we're going to take a break and come back, hopefully with an Aquato, even though we went way over on Scott's time for us. So <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. We are back with our nerd appropriate question of the week. Uh, this week's question was: What woefully overlooked franchise, character, or genre do you think we need to see more of in the future? And we have a number of really amazing responses from you guys in our community. And as always, thank you all so much for uh, actually taking the time to respond to our answers. So let's see what you kind of want to see more of in the future. Now uh, we definitely have a wide variety of stuff this week, so I'm excited to talk about it. Although I feel so like there's it, a particular theme. As well, that will start to emerge. There's, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of strategy here, which is cool. But anyway, um, first off is Cassidy Richardson, who is at TFOX on Twitter. And she says um, she wants to see more of Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, Ramza Baluv, Battletoads, or anything with combat like Dragon's Dogma. Although I don't know what Ramza Baluv is. I love, love, love Final Fantasy Tactics, and I was actually thinking about this game the other day and how badly I would love to see a remake of the original Final Fantasy Tactics because I played the shit out of that game on PlayStation. I absolutely loved it. Um, Battletoads, <laughs> I, it's been a while. <laughs> what, if, what if Battletoads was remade in the vision of Dragon's Dogma? Would that be okay? 
No, that's not. Would <laughs> you have pawns? Like, I, I no, I I don't want those two mixing. That's kind of like mixing uh, gasoline and um, butterscotch. I don't know why I said visine. Just make napalm. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I, I love anything with combat like Dragon's Dogma. In terms of RPGs, I think that was just had phenomenal, phenomenal combat. So I agree with you, Cassidy. And of course, thanks for replying. I think with Battletoads, it's like it's hard to go back sometimes. You know, sometimes you want to keep that memory as you have it from playing it when you were little and not necessarily uh, replay it as an adult. Battletoads were like ghetto Ninja Turtles. I I wasn't into it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mega game. Bethany Westmoreland at Hemiart. Hey, Bethany says, I'd like to play a proper rehash expansion of Xenogears. I think there was a Xenogears on the Wii, but I never got a chance to play it. Yeah. um, I've been hearing them talk about this on uh, P2R quite a lot. And, uh, Xenogears is supposed to be a lot of fun. I never actually played it, but I, I've been hearing it's amazing. Uh, Denise Kwan at Denise Kwan says, um, Advance Wars Dual Strike needs an update or something. And I agree. Advance Wars is a fantastic game. Yes. Strategy. I love it. Strategy. Based strategy. And I love Dual Strike. So uh, I'm with you on this one as well. It's fantastic. Tiffany Peters at T-Bird says Alpha Protocol. And just the way that she wrote it makes me think that that's how she's saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Alpha (laughs) Protocol. Which was an Obsidian game that was was. a piece of Um, (laughs) doo-doo. But, I mean, it had so much potential. It was supposed to be a Mass Effect-style game set in the spy universe, and everybody would love that. Uh, It was supposed to be Mass Effect mixed with, like, um, uh, what's the Tom Clancy? Splinter Cell, right? Yeah, or or, or James mm-hmm. Bond. I mean, you know, yeah. and so the the potential for that was was great, but I guess the game wasn't very well uh, finished. <laughs> it wasn't actually done. Womp womp. Yeah. Like Kotor two. Oh, that's oh. too low. I just joined in on those. That's all. <laughs> so this next one kind of starts off the trend that I'm seeing. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. yeah you can actually. We put all, all right. three together. You could name all three people. <laughs> we put them all together. All right. So Ritzy at Ritzy Fox. Also uh, Jacques Leblond at Arc- Archangel. Uh, Natalie, who's an awesome friend of our site. Amazing. Uh, Stumpy Nat. Who's all of them say Jade Empire. So yes. So pretty awesome. Yeah. And they all say it in their own way, which is nice. They do. I particularly like Natalie's. Coughs. Jade Empire. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, our, our buds over at Press Reset are playing uh, Jade Empire on Twitch TV. So check that out. Let's start this revival. I'd like to see new Jade Empire as well. I I would and I wouldn't. I kind of want to see a new IP. No offense to Jade Empire. I, mean, I think it's great that everyone's playing Jade Empire and getting back into Jade Empire. And the fact that there's now, you know, that they have it on Steam and they have it on... Um, you know, live and things like that. But I, I'd lo- I I want to see what's kind of next from Bioware. I, I bought one of you, Jade Empire, didn't I? You bought me I Jade I, Empire. I got it for you, yeah. That's what I thought. Well, Ash, what would be your answer to this question since uh, since you don't necessarily want a Jade Empire? I want to see Harmonix do Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And for all of you that are old, like <laughs> mind blown. Yep, harmonics do toe jam and earl. 
Toe Jam and Earl, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Um, that was an amazing Genesis game. A, a Genesis game. It was about space exploration, and you play these two aliens, and it's all about like rapping and, and doing all these sweet rap battles up in space and exploring these cool levels, and you get all these awesome gadgets, and, and it, I, I think if anyone on the planet was going to do like a beat matching or like music-based game... Um, it would have to be harmonics, and I think they could do really wonderful things with this IP. So that would be my dream to bring back Toe Jam and Earl, because it's honestly probably been 15 years since that, um, if not more. God, I want to say maybe 20 years since that title had any sort of updates at all. That's amazing. Oh my God, guys! I just realized that I've always been like I own a Windows phone right now, and Android and iPhone are like the big deal. I had an Android phone when iPhone was the big deal. I had a Genesis when Nintendo was a big deal. I know. Ugh, You're always guy. around the curve <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> guy. All right. So Eric at eChap33 says, turn-based strategy games. XCOM brought back fun memories of Final Fantasy Tactics, and I'd love more of it. And I agree. I agree. Too. Wholeheartedly. Really? Pick up Rad Soldiers, Eric. You, you'll love it. Promise. Indeed. Uh, Brandon Kormeyer, I, I think I got that right. Uh, B Kormeyer 53 says, I would like to see more Westerns, film, TV, and games. That's like really this. interesting. Cause we didn't, I don't think we just said yeah. games, but I think I agree now that Holy, I see this I response. Too. You guys seen Django yet? I've not. No. Holy fuck. It is so good. Does that scratch that itch? Oh my God. Yeah. You're I've... such, we have to temper this. You are a gigantic, uh, uh I'm Tarantino. Tarantino fan. Yeah, absolutely. For, for a very, very long time. But uh, even if I wasn't, and I, I, you know, I know all sorts of people that have seen the movie that aren't huge Tarantino fans. It is just a phenomenal film. Okay. Um, and it's actually, up for Best think, Picture. Is it good? He, he actually won the Golden Globe for Best Screenplay last yeah. night. Um, so, it, it, you know, even if you don't like Tarantino and you think he's pretentious or, or what have you, um, it is a great film. And I agree. I think uh, the Western genre is awesome. I loved Red Dead Redemption. I would love to see more Western-based games. So um, I agree. And I think this might be um, Brandon's first time writing at us. So thanks for writing at us, Brandon. Awesome. I like this answer. I did too. Approved. (laughs) God. So Nate Hales, since no one's reading, N. Hales 80 says two answers. Well, sorry, Nate. You only get one. I'm only going to read one of them. Oh, man. Brutal. Come on. He's a friend Uh, of ours. Valkyria Chronicles. (laughs) <laughs> You're not going to read the other one. <laughs> the Chrono series. Uh, these are fantastic story gameplay. Oh, you jerk. Uh, he only gets, he can't answer tw- two tweets next time, Nate. Two tweets. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's, that's, I agree on both of these. Uh, Chrono Trigger was one of the first like Final Fantasy style RPGs that I got like super into. I was never big into Final Fantasy for whatever reason, and Chrono Trigger was fantastic how about just a game that had more team attacks in it could you imagine playing a game like borderlands 2 and then finding out that like two or three or four people could put together some kind of super attack in that game it would be incredible agreed 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 valkyrie chronicles good times right oh absolutely that's ash Uh, yeah yeah, another turn-based strategy and if you guys have not touched this yet those of you on the podcast pick it up i mean ps3 only ps3 only but absolutely worth it if you have a ps3 this is the one the absolute one must own title for that system yeah it was your number one recommendation for me when i got the ps3 you were like go get valkyria chronicles yeah which i, I mean, haven't done it. it's, on a like list generally. it's the way it's cheap right now on amazon i think it's like 20 or 30 bucks so 
awesome. Hillary, why don't you uh, tell us your answer to this question before we continue? Okay, so uh, mine's kind of strange, but you know how when movies come out and a developer will rush a game into production that's based on the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're usually you know, not really well made and they're kind of short and not fun. I think that they should spend more time um, on creating those games so that when you watch a movie that you're really into, you can pick up a title that's just as immersive and robust as like Mass Effect. You know what I mean? Like, I wish they'd spend more time because honestly, when you come out of a movie and you're like completely obsessed with the worlds and the characters, it would be so cool to jump back into it. Like if there was a good tie in game, like a good one, not just like a crappy like, oh, the movie's release dates this time. So we have to rush this game out. You know what I mean? So I want a really immersive RPG based on the world of this is 40. <laughs> no, but like you know, like something like the Hunger Games, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's like a game out or not, but if there is, it's probably not very good. I don't think. But so. I mean, I would love to take something like that. You know, like in the past, I bought Harry Potter titles um, <laughs> way back in the day when the, you know the first Harry Potter movie started coming out, mm-hmm. and they were really bad games. So I think having something that's set in a world where in I mean, world. it's just as huge in a world. Yeah, exactly. In a world. I would love to have that actually be like a legitimate thing because now you see a game title that's the same as a movie, and you're like, skip it. So yeah. I would like, I would like something that's actually like, or, or really worse awesome. yet, they'll just retell parts of the movie, which is like, why are you doing that? You know, I kind of want to, I want to well, piggyback yeah. on. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I was gonna say I want to piggyback on your answer because mine was gonna be um, a comic book game other than Arkham Asylum. That's good. I want. I wish more game makers would like delve into like the Marvel universe and make a viable video game. Do I you, feel like I. Do you remember on this very first podcast that we did, we talked about um, uh, X Men. X Men. Um, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Oh, but that, I have that game. But I legends. mean, like, come on, Legends. Yeah, Legends. It was awful. Mm-hmm. We were so stoked for that. We thought it was going to be like an RPG, and it just kind of turned out to be a beat 'em up with like some character building elements, and it was like not. Well, we it thought like, it would be. It was like if you took everything good from Fable and then stripped that out and then made a Marvel game on top of it, and you're like, "Here you go." <laughs> yeah. Like this is awful game. Oh. Oh, I just boy. wish I wish because it's such a deep. I think the movies have proven that it is such a deep universe that there's so much you can do with it, and no one, you know, has successfully at this point done anything with it. So I don't know. Agreed. I wish game makers would spend more time with existing titles that they could make good universes, alternate kind of universes to live in. Cough, mm-hmm. cough, telltale games, Walking Dead. Yeah. <sighs> Ouch. No, I mean, I'm not saying cut down. I'm saying that that's a good thing. Like, they, that's what they did. They took a title that was, you know, an existing universe and made something awesome out of it without having to make ah, it. That can it coexist, right? With, yeah, with they didn't the just other... make a TV show into right. a game. You know what I mean? Like, they I made... agree. So, sorry. Go ahead. All right, uh, Corianne Campbell at Mrs. Vulture on Twitter says an HD remake of uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Ooh, that's a good one. I think we're all uh, behind that one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, you know, I've heard there are a lot of really big updates that have come to Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO. So maybe that will scratch your itch. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> oh, my turn. Lisa Chan at uh, L Chaco twenty five. Jade Empire. Again, I guess we missed that in the other one. Also would love to see a proper entry in the Age of Empress and especially mythology IP. On that note, 
would love to see more Orient slash ancient Greek mythology settings. Not everything has to be medieval fantasy, right? Agreed. That's awesome. Love that. I love that. There's so yes. many great mythologies in the world that are not God of War because <laughs> fuck that title. <laughs> no, but that, I like how she lays that out. It makes a very strong point. I, I think that she's right on the money there. Mm-hmm. Scott, what was what was that game that we used to always sit around and play that's had like nine titles put out? Asian. It's an it's set in an ancient like China. Uh, it was kind of hack and slashy. Dynasty Warriors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh what a crazy. You guys ass should game that never was. admit that you played a lot of Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> it is not something. <laughs> Just you just glaze over as you yeah. sit in a pile of funyuns and Mountain Dew. Fantastic. Oh my gosh! Yeah, really? Did you, get, did you guys really do that? You we played a lot of Dynasty Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, probably the first four of them. Right? We would like four? hand the controller <laughs> off. You know what I mean? The yeah, marathon yeah. it. Yeah, gosh. we would just marathon that game for whatever reason. That is literally like the junk food of gaming. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, no redeemable goodness. Yeah, whatsoever. like like Ninja yeah, Blade. Junk food tastes good. That's yeah, it does. That's true, but it'll it's just kill you. That you feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Justin Banks at Midtown Five Eighty Three says, "I'd love for a Flash movie to be made and done right. That character has potential for a great film." He Jeff means John. like when people show their penises, right? Yes. Like a movie about flashing. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, about Justin, flashing. why are you such a pervert? Oh. I think Justin will agree with me here that uh, every person that's going to take on a DC title just needs to find what Jeff Johns wrote about that character and just do a movie based on Jeff Johns version of it because that is what should be happening and he wrote some great Flash stories so but you know you've always got the TV show right anybody nobody nobody watched Flash Teen 96 maybe I did yeah I think I did the one with the rubber suit yeah super buff (laughs) yeah yeah I remember that and you would have to like eat a lot of hamburgers after he ran <laughs> that was a terrible show. It was a horrible show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ryan at Physics for Poets, good buddy, been on the podcast before, says go bots. Now I know he's joking, but this is like the uh, you know the little Asian brother of um, of Transformers, right? Or the wa- American? These are the American. ones that like when you went to Kmart, they would have these like in the checkout aisle, and you could maybe like squeeze one out of your parents like by like whining. <laughs> GoBots. They, they wouldn't buy you Transformer because Transformers no. were like eight bucks, but a GoBot was like three bucks. You'd be like, yeah. I just want a GoBot, and they might they might buy you a GoBot. I don't you think they transform that. that well either. No, they couldn't. Always know. <laughs> it was like the nondescript yellow car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. You were like, what? This doesn't look like Bumblebee. And it, and it wasn't. That's why. Wow. Yes. Uh, next up is Melissa Kay at the Quad Skater from Reset Transmission Podcast. She says, uh, North America needs more Suikoden, like all of it. Suikoden, of course, is the strategy title that Melissa Kay is obsessed with. And it is, I believe, her favorite title of all time. And I would love, you know, I am, first of all, I'm super happy that there is, are so many strategy answers on here. And that means we have a really awesome group of listeners. So thank you guys. A bunch of smarties. Yes. Ooh. They weren't like, we want more Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there were redeeming qualities of Dynasty Warriors. You could, like, you could, like, you could sit and play it forever. Yeah, I, I mean, it took zero brain power to play for hours on end. It was amazing. I have a copy of it for my PSP. Yeah. See? Done. Can I, <laughs> PSP, can I give my want... answer now, you guys? Hmm? Can I do mine? 
Yeah. Scott. Oh yeah, you didn't go, Scott. Yeah, oh. you bastard. Womp womp. Okay. Um. So I was gonna go with the common <laughs> response and just say no one lives forever. Um. But what I was actually maybe thinking about was what about like more like comedy, like funny games. I feel like comedy is hard. You know, I was trying to think of the last game that I played that was supposed to be funny, and that may have been Bullet Storm. Wait, so like <laughs> South Park Stick of Truth? Yes. See, like uh-huh, I think, man. and I'll probably end up playing that as well. But I would, I oh, would I like to too. see more humorous games, and not humorous like Duke Nukem humorous, but like actual. Comedy. You mean like if you're over the age of thirteen, funny? Yes. Yeah, I'd drive with that. I feel like I just played something that was really like sharp, but I honestly can't remember it right now. Sorry, that because we just basically had a whole podcast about like being gripped with fear and intention and all this, but why not go the opposite direction and like have a few laughs and clown around? You, you want like Tom Lennon, Ben Grant written video? Yes, game, right? like yeah, a like, Reno nine one one game that would like be Night so cute, you guys. I'd be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. You, do you guys that, I think that a... might be the first impression Scott's done of Cartman on South Park. I was going to say, do you guys know my Anna Schumann is very close to my Cartman? Isn't that amazing? Oh, I always oh. thought it was just Cartman. Oh, no. It's a little bit of both at this point. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. She's totally going to hate me that, for that. that I'm sorry. Really good, that actually is a really good Anna Schumann. <laughs> that was oh, Cartman. No. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> it? I think it's a little bit of both. I, it's also hard confusing. to tell. <laughs> Ash, take us home. So that about wraps things up for episode eighty-eight of the Rated <laughs> NA podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. As always, you can find us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Goodreads, or you can always find us on Twitter at Nerd Appropriate. Um, or, of course, go to our website, nerdappropriate.com. Um, we have a couple shout-outs this week. First is, of course, to our good friends at Reset Transmission. Uh, always tune into their podcast. Check them out on iTunes. Give them a rating and give us a rating while you're on iTunes because we know it's a real big challenge. Just to... Give us a slightly better one, though, right? Yeah, we, well, we definitely want better <laughs> give rating. Give five stars and give us, like, five and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I think that's fair. Um, and on theirs, you could be like, Needs needs work must must improve. <laughs> and on ours and on ours you can put um you're okay at what you do. And that's, that's yeah. Toy Story Two was okay. Wow. <laughs> Toy Story Two was okay. Um and of course, as always, a huge thanks to Jimmy Hinson, who is at Big Giant Circles on Twitter. Um and he wrote our theme song and it's absolutely incredible. So um we thank him for that as often as we can. Um thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back. <laughs> Next week with a brand new episode. I talked for like nine hours straight today. I'm not okay. <laughs>
And so what? The, some, some, <laughs> what is a poo-poo bandit? A poo-poo bandit is like when someone, a massive person, t- takes a shit on the bathroom floor and not in the <gasps> toilets. And also puts Ew. their hands on their hips and urinates in a 360 and just pisses all over the bathroom. Oh, my God. So we have these signs up that, like, <laughs> that say they're, like, li- like these really nice, like, they're made of tin and they're, like, bolted to the wall now. It's, like, putting fecal matter on the ground is an offense and you could get in trouble for it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's wow. kind of wow. the fun, fun stuff that I have to contend with. Sometimes you walk into the bathroom and you'll just slide. And you're like, what am I sliding on? You're like, oh, it's human waste. (laughs) I'm sliding on human waste.